Let me just have a 60 second break. You have no idea how much I've drunk just in that time. Okay, let's go. The Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. Cut the pleasantries. Let's do this thing. Yeah, fuck you all. I don't know what episode this is, but actually, I don't even know what podcast it is. What is it? Final round. That's right. Hello. Head to profile. <laughs> Which is kind of what it is, really. Yeah. I think uh, here's the funniest thing about this. We're recording this, honest to goodness, with another show already done that we haven't even produced yet. <laughs> I know. And when I say we, Marty, fill in the blanks. Okay, well, you know, you know, it's been a while since I've been shooting blanks, but I will tell you that I... Mr. Moneyload, they call him. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. It was my turn to edit the podcast last weekend... We had a long weekend. And I think I've told you about this before. So we had a public holiday on Friday. We had a public holiday because of the grand final, the Australian AFL grand final. Yep. Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm assuming in the Super Bowl, America gets a public holiday for that. I just assume. Anyway. Everyone calls it sick. we We had three days off. It's been really busy. And I just, I just couldn't bring myself to edit because I was having such a good time just having three days off. So, there you go, fans. You go. That's, uh, that's Marty Robbins. If, you're, if you have to pick who your favorite host is. Right. I mean, he talks I, about one holiday weekend. What about the weekend before you sat on it? No, we recorded mm, that weekend. Incorrect, fucko. Incorrect. Yeah. I know the date we recorded because it's in the podcast. Two weekends, you... Totally. No way. You screwed the pooch, dude. Yeah, no, 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 no. But mm-hmm. we recorded that weekend. I don't no, edit the same weekend no. that we record. Two weekends you had. Two. No, one. Well, I know how to count, and there were two. Anyway, mm. I, oh, I don't. Anyway, in my defense, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. So, yep. you, but, but, okay, nobody listening to this podcast that has listened to a previous podcast, an episode that we have done before, has any delusions that I give a shit. No one thinks that. So everyone's going to be going, oh, yeah, of course, he could be fucked. Sounds like a perfect time to bring on a surprise guest. And you, <laughs> So we do this on Skype. I haven't even called the person because then you can see who it is. I okay, I'm not even going to – actually, you know what? I'm not even going to look at Skype and wait for the name. No, I'm just going to put it through. Nope, nope, nope. They're I, not know we've got, I know that we've got a special guest coming. I do not know who it is. You don't know who it is because I like surprising you and – I'm going to give you a few clues and I'm going to let you ask me five yes or no questions. Okay. Okay. Obviously. Is it Colin McAlpine? You're not even going to take the clues and you're going to do that right away? I just thought, no, that's just over the last couple of days I've been thinking if I had to have one guess, I'd say Colin McAlpine. You've killed him twice. That's right. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) That's why he'd be the kind of person that you would bring on. No, it is not Colin McAlpine. Okay. There you go. But it's funny uh, you should say that. Call. There are some similarities there. 
That's your one clue, but you get four more guesses. We're not even going to put the picture on the uh, podcast. We're not going to put their name. You got to listen to the fucking thing to find out who this guest is. Sure. Which only builds excitement and total disappointment. Has it though? Well, it's something to do when you have no content. Anyway, (laughs) go on. Okay, Okay, well, you got to give me the clues now. So one one clue is they've got something in common with Colin McAlpine, which could be that they've won Pinberg. Well, do you want to know if they've won Pinberg or not? Is that one of your questions? You have three left after that. Yeah, have they won Pinberg? No, they have not. Okay, cool. So that eliminates a few people. Another Mm. person you've killed in Keith Ellen. Here's the other clue. (laughs) Yes, I'm just going through in my mind who I think it would be. You have something in common with this person. Ah, big cock. (laughs) I'm keeping that in. Fuck it. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, it's true. I mean, obviously, I've now got to, I've now got to think of all the pinball people I've slept with to know who's got the big. Now that was there ever too many people, too many people. I can't narrow it down. Wow. So obviously, it's not Ryan C. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> okay, so I've got something in common with them. So these are the worst clues. Not when you hear the answer. They sure. all make they all okay. make sense. Okay. Cool. Anymore. So Sorry. you've had two guesses. I've given you two clues. You get one more clue and three more yes or no's. Try to narrow it down. Oh. I know you're hammered, but fucking think. I actually am. I know you, you are. <laughs> um, so what, am I, what, I can just ask you any question or do I have to ask you a yes or no question? I can only answer yes or no. Okay. Um, are they from America? Yes. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, have I met this person in real life? Yes. Okay. Narrows it down. Narrows it I'll down give because- I'll you your last clue. Because it narrows it down because you don't know all the people that I have met. So, yeah. The reason I know you've met this person is part of the reason, and this is your final clue, that mm-hmm. on a previous episode of Final Round, they were put to the test. Who will Marty save? And this person was left to die at the hands of Marty Robbins. So I've killed them. Yes. It's a long list. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's somebody that I've met whom I've killed. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is I've killed, obviously, a lot of people. Yes. But also, I don't remember who I've killed. Like, it's just, it's your segment to make me feel uncomfortable. So I don't really retain any of the information that happens. It is my gift to the listeners to make <laughs> you squirm in your seat. I know, and, and everyone knows. And I by hate the way, it. And then, little foreshadowing: yeah. we'll be killing somebody later in the show. Yeah, okay. I hate this segment, and you no, know I hate it. You do and then not. We get these emails from people saying, "Oh, I love it." I love yep. this. I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. please don't." No, don't, you fucking don't. love it. You lie. You say you hate it on I the don't. podcast. You, honest to God, if you were wearing a tracksuit, <sighs> I would see that bone. You love this thing. <laughs> Wouldn't need a tracksuit. <laughs> Remember, they can't. All right. Uh, <laughs> Last guess. Um, okay, so. Can you get someone, it? I think you can get it. I like the thing I is, know, I so think someone if you that I've met, someone that I've so the clues are they're American, somebody that I've met, somebody that I've killed, and they've got a big cock. They're the clues so and far. Something I didn't say the big cock thing. No, uh, they have something in disagree. common with you. I mean, if you want to ask that as the first question when they come on, hey, how you doing downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> well, if all those clues are correct, I should already know. Um, something in common. Focus on that. Something in common. 
So does that mean they're a massive drunk? Does that mean yes? This is what I'm saying. They're There's Australian. So many they work in pinball. What? Do they work in pinball? Is that what you're trying to say? I will give you that as your last question. Yes, they do. Okay. So they work in pinball. You you have a guess, and then you're either right or wrong. Okay. Or bring them on. Um, I I don't know. Um, I can't remember who I've killed. Is the problem? Like, is I'm the list thinking, that long of the people you just want destroyed? No, I, it's just that I just can't remember anybody mm-hmm. from that segment. I can only think then Stephen Bowden, but I don't know whether I've killed him. How could you have killed Stephen Bowden? No, that's what I'm thinking. I just, I just don't think I could have. But he's in. Did you just say stupid guest? <laughs> no, keep that in. You just, whoever this person is, you just called them a stupid guest. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> stupid guests. Okay, um, you're stupid. So I don't know. Let's bring them on, shall okay, we? Okay, bring, bring them on. I don't know. I have no idea. Are you going to look at Skype or are you just going to try to guess no, by I'm their voice? Wait. Try to guess I'm by their voice. I'm going to try guess by the voice because I've, I've met them. Say hello to the guest, Marty. Hello, Raymond Davidson. Hey, it sounds like <laughs> a, I probably had some sort of buildup. Yeah. Well. You know what? We'll tell you where to fast forward the show when you're listening back. Maybe skip the first 10 minutes. But, um. No, because we literally just had a, I, I had all these questions I had to ask who it was. He gave me some clues. And I was just like, I just don't know. I don't know. And then I went, oh my God, Raymond Davidson. He's like, well, let's bring him on. Why don't you uh, tell Raymond what the first question you asked? Um, okay. So the, I had to ask some yes or no questions. So my first question was, does he have a big cock? And... We couldn't establish the answer to that, so we assumed yes. You don't have to answer, Raymond. I don't want to put you on the spot, but that's where fucking Marty's head went. That's, that's just letting you know that's setting the scene for this podcast. So, By know. the way, thank God we have a mature Raymond Davidson on the show. And what if my guest was a young child? Marty, go to jail. <laughs> Do not collect go. <laughs> well, let's face it. Everybody is a young child compared to us. Well, that's a good point. Raymond, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I've not spoken to you for a very long time, Raymond. I hope you're well. Yeah, I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was sincere after he killed you earlier. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, see? <laughs> see, Raymond accepts it. He understands it was his fate, you know? We, he's moved on from it, okay? Raymond, why did he kill you? Uh, I think it was because uh, I didn't uh, talk to him <laughs> enough at Indus. <laughs> I think um, I just said, uh, oh, you're like that Australian dude. Okay, cool. I'm going to go play my game now because I'm, you know, focused on competing. And uh, and then he found, I think, Keith to talk to. And Keith talked to him for hours. And then he became his favorite. <laughs> uh, wow. To, to be fair, both of you were shitty to me. Oh, that's right. That's right. Who was... <laughs> Who was the third person? Oh, it was Carl. Carl, Carl was really nice. the red carpet. Ah. Yeah, Carl was Hey, do you was want an nice. In-N-Out burger? Uh, oh, it's gross. <laughs> anyway. No, but it, can I just say, can I just say, in my defense, so what you got to understand is that was my first ever tournament overseas, right? And tournaments in, in Australia, all competitions we call them, are just very social. I mean, what you're winning is a slab of beer, if you're lucky, so no one gives a fuck. It's not really all that competitive. So when I've gone over to uh, America, to Indies, and I'm like, hey, you 
And they're like, yeah, cool. I'm like, okay, this is serious. I didn't realize <laughs> that that's how serious competitive pinball is. And that was 2016. So that's a fucking long time ago. But I guess that was just for me, it was a bit of a culture shock yeah. because I just didn't realize that's how full on No, no, no. Tone it down there, welcome wagon. All right. You don't have to fucking <laughs> hand out the Tim Tams and just fucking, hey, who wants some Vegemite shots? Like, slow down there, Marty. Did you just say Vegemite Try to shot. fucking play pinball. Yeah. Anyway, so that that that's in both of our defense, uh, I was not really fully understanding of just how serious those major tournaments are. Ray, can I tell you something? He went to Texas Pinball Festival. I was there. It was the first time we've actually been together since this podcast has been created. And he wanted everyone to come up to him at Haggis and say, Jeff's a cunt. <laughs> so... I'm going to say, if you see Marty, and if it's the first time you're ever seeing Marty, do me this favor, all right? Just go, Marty, you're a bitch. All right? Just do that, would you please? Yeah, okay. you, you, you got your Jeff one. You got your Marty one now. If it's the first time, leave Marty that terrible impression because he wants to just, hey, do you want some? Sure. Do you want a kangaroo nutsack? Do you want uh, some fucking <laughs> yep. Kylie Minogue CDs? <laughs> I wish that one was a joke, but that actually happened, right? The kangaroo sack. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Um, I, I said, I didn't know that this was going to be you, Raymond, but I am genuinely really excited to speak to you because. Oh, my God. No, shut up. So shut thick. up. No, because, you know, obviously you and I, we're industry folks. So, Jeff, oh, if you just want to sit this one out. That's fine. Okay. If you want to just sit there. I'll and, sit it out like you sit out producing. You can sit, sit there and, you know, contemplate your comedy career. If you could do that, that'd be great. Um, because what I think's happened since I, I remember I spoke to you the, for the first time on a podcast, I was in an island, Flinders Island. It was in the middle of Bass Strait talking to you on Head to Head. Since then, obviously you've started working at Stern, but more so since working at Stern, I would say you've been on a bit of a, an upward trajectory as far as visibility goes, the, the work that you're doing. All right? From an outsider in. Is there a question in there? Yes. I think it was just a compliment. It's A, it's a compliment. But B, how's that happened? How did you go from helping people to now being more prominent in the design team? Uh, you mean at Stern? Yeah. Well, they like, you know, my work on, uh, you know, I helped Keith with Avengers get that going. And um, I got good good reviews i guess <laughs> i don't know it's just kind of mm. you get assigned more and more things and then depending on how you do on them you get assigned more and more and uh you know led zeppelin was kind of my first real assignment where i got to do all the um pretty much all the like multi-ball rules the wizard mode rules some of the song modes it was just kind of just go at it you know there wasn't really uh, a framework and so i got to come up with my own rules and try them out some of them worked great some of them i had to tweak it was kind of my first full game. And then Rush, I basically got to do it again with all the learnings I had from Led Zeppelin. And then after Rush was a big hit, you know, I was on Foo Fighters. And that one was fun because I still had a lot of flexibility. But, you know, I worked more with Jack and Tanya very closely. Uh, you know, we all kind of collaborated on, on ideas and checks and balances, you know, make sure we all had our input. Yeah, so I don't know. It just kind of kind of moved up the the ranks, I guess. Um, people were were liking the work I did. You know, people were always saying the code on on Led Zeppelin is great. The code on Rush is great. 
you know, that's good for me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the code on Rush is definitely great. Uh, code on Zeppelin is the best thing about the game. And I've said, I'm not crazy about the layout. I'm not. But the code is actually really fun. I'll give it, it's not intuitive. So owning it certainly makes it a lot easier, especially when it comes to knowing the songs, knowing the, the guitar solos and the center ramp shots and things like that. But I find it a spectacular tournament game. Uh, I love the uh, the whole Icarus multiplier. That was all Tim's idea. I was when I found out about that, I was like, "Oh man, this is this like makes the nerd in me and like, oh, this is so cool. I get to really blow up, you know, build up your X." But what what was also cool is you don't even have to think about it because if you're just hitting combos, it just sort of builds naturally. So I thought that was a really cool, um, unique rule in that game that hasn't really been in any other game. So Zeppelin, then Rush, now Foo Fighters. Are you on hold until the next Rock game comes out, or are you going to be able to expand into something else? <laughs> I mean, I obviously can't say what, what I'm working on. Uh, I mean, I'm still you know, working on Foo, you know, just doing more stuff on that right now. People are loving it, and I love you know, making it better and better. Can I ask a question then, going from Zeppelin to Rush? Because I think, you know, I, I've said on the podcast, and I think a lot of people have said that Rush was the surprise hit. Nobody was expecting it to be as good as it is. And from my perspective, the, the layout is fine. It, it's fine. Fine to shoot. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's just fine. But I just found the rules to be very accessible, like very communicative to me as a player. It was guiding me through the game, which I felt wow. more so than Zeppelin. And I want wanting to know whether that was a conscious thing from you. Uh, well, I guess it helped that you're you're in Australia, so you got the code. You probably played it after a few revisions, but yeah, Rush actually was notorious for people not knowing what to do, and so every update I kept putting more and more direction in, more text, more you know things like that. I did some tutorial videos. I tried to tell people just hit the blinking lights, shoot the time yeah. machine when it's lit, and it was also hard to communicate because there's those lights on top of the time machine, and you don't, you can't really see them unless you're looking for them. So. Yeah, it was actually a lot harder to relay what I what I thought would be pretty obvious of you're just collecting these records. You're just getting these records, building your song mode, and then you're going into the song mode. Um, but it was actually uh, pretty confusing at first. So we just kept tweaking it and tweaking it, trying to make it as easy to understand as possible. Um, and I think now it's in a super great place. People are, are loving it. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's good to hear. One thing I've learned from doing the rules for Fathom Revisited is as a person that plays pinball, you can't assume that just because you understand what's going on that everybody else understands what's going on. And I thought that there's some stuff that I put in there that was super obvious and people are, are still missing it and not seeing it. So is that, I guess, something that you've probably had to be aware of as well? Yeah, yep. It's uh, You really got to kind of pound it in and, and like – <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my. Uh, you gotta... <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> uh, basically, anytime the ball is stopped and you can show something on the screen, put some text up there. People will see like, huh, I wonder what that means. And that just that will be enough to help them maybe realize there was some significance and maybe connect the dots a little bit with what just happened. Like, you know, when you have the action button ready on Rush, it'll say, you know, the weapon is ready. It shows that thing. And now, you know, oh, I can hit the button and something good will happen. You know, without that display, the button might light up and people won't know it or won't realize it. 
you know, they won't, might not realize that the one, two, threes are lighting a jackpot. So it says, you know, one, two, three jackpot ready. You know, so it's just all about just trying to shove as many things in their face and hoping some of them stick. Oh, my. When Jersey Jack gave us Wizard of Oz, they were the first real LCD screen. And you could see in the four quadrants what's going on, horse of different color and all that kind of stuff. It gave you the information as Stern uh, worked with their LCD, you could see more and more information, especially on a game you worked on, on Avengers. And I think we were talking at the UK this past weekend about things like, the one thing I wish it would show is how many combos you have. But if you hold them together, I guess you can see it. But they do give you a lot of information, how far you're away from each Avenger. I find that interesting. Uh, Zeppelin, you've got some information there. Uh, Rush is spectacular. And you've added it since uh, the code first came out. I think that's important because the rules are so deep and there's so many things happening underneath. You You just need to know your progress. It sucks that you have to look up, but there's time to do so. Uh, I'd rather have it than not have it. So continue to do that, please. I assume you like it as well. Yeah, it's nice now on Rush. You know, when it first came out, there wasn't a progress bar. Now there's a progress bar. So you can kind of see how far, especially, you know, in Working Man, you can see how how close you are at the end of the day if you have a pro uh, on the premium. You can just look at what what time it is on the clock. But you know, just having that accessible at a quick glance, I think it's super helpful. There's a lot of stuff going on in that LCD and Rush, but it is kind of organized in those quadrants, like you were saying, so that you can always look in the same. Like modes are always in the upper left. Uh, the time machine's always in the upper right, and once you kind of figure that out, uh, then you can kind of look where you need to immediately and see what's going on. So that's what I've found as well. And not that we're going to do this whole Stern versus Jersey Jack thing, but with Jersey Jack having such a large screen, they therefore decided to just throw so much at it. So there's too much to be seen on that on that screen. That is kind of a good limitation. I've found myself many times actually trying to show something on screen with text. Yes. And, uh, and then I will play it and I'll look at it and I'm like, okay, that was way too much text in way too short a time. Or like maybe it doesn't even physically fit unless you either shrink the font or it just looks horrible. So I'm like, okay, I got to get that text shorter because A, it's easier to read if it's shorter and B, you can't read it that fast. So I got to come up with a way to phrase this information in the most compact, concise way possible. And uh, it's kind of a fun challenge. But every time I, I go through it, whatever I end up with, I'm always super happy with the result. That's what I was, I was sort of getting at in that because Josie Jack's got so much room, they just put everything all up there at once. Whereas with Stern having a smaller screen, you've therefore got to feed text in larger font on the screen. So therefore, timing is everything. So as you're playing something, you need to be able to have that moment to look up and see that piece of information that's told you. So I think what you've done really well, and not, not just you, but I think Stern in general with that screen is the timing of information that it gives you just at the moment you're looking up and then back to the flippers. Yeah. I noticed when we were streaming Avengers at the UK Open, we were trying to figure out how many combos this player had before they could get a portal lock, but they shot a combo and immediately shot the Captain Marvel ramp. And so just as the combo animation was coming up, Captain Marvel was the last element that happened that overrided uh, over. Is that a word? Overrode. Overrode. Road. That overlapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta so be that aware of some of those that some of those scenarios. Yeah. So the information did pop up, but it was so split second. 
that's got to be a tough thing because you aren't really in control of the editing. Does that come under the programming aspect too? Well, I mean, we can control when to show um, and the priority of things. So sometimes what, what we'll do is we'll have the combo animation be top priority. And so anything else that wants to show has to wait till it's completely done. And then the next thing will queue up behind it. Um, but if you do that too much, then people kind of get upset because there's a big stack of animations they're sitting through. So it's actually really difficult to balance those priorities. You know, you want the immediate feedback, but at the same time, if there's something really important showing, you really want to see, especially if you're doing a, a IE pinball pin clash challenge, you really want to see see what you just did. Oh yeah, I know, I know that very well. And callouts in particular, when you've got the, something that is so urgent and it overrides a callout as well. You can Frank, yeah. Frankenstein some sentences together. I think in general, if a callout's happening and we want to make another callout happen, uh, you either just don't do that second callout or you uh, you wait, you know, till the other one's finished. And but sometimes if it's you know it's been too long, then then it might seem kind of weird getting this uh, out of context callout. So you got to pay attention to that too. One thing I love, and Marty, even though you don't do it anymore, you were once a competitor and you were quite good at it. Actually. That breaks my heart. Mm, one day, one day. That is something that I love that Stern and other companies are doing uh, with people making the rules. They are getting some of the top competitors because, mm. you know, you still have that important element of making a game fun for the non-competitors, for the just casual players, the home use owners, the people that just want to flip and maybe flip again when the game is done. You've got that, and then the games get deeper. That is probably the best thing that has happened in the last 10 years. You know, we've had great designers and, and whatnot, and, and companies expanding too would be the other thing I would put in that category. But just who these companies are hiring, and yourself, Tim Sexton, I know for years Kiefer's been doing a great job with Jersey Jack Joe Katz. Marty, you're there. They've got Colin McAlpine and Bowen Karen's helping out at Multimorphic, Stephen Bowden at American these are great, great players, and they're going to have some insight on what's cool and what's not when it comes to rules. I'll add to that. They're not just great players. All those people that you mentioned, I'll take my name out if you will, but all those people- Done. Yeah, not just good players, but understand what makes a good game a good game. That's the difference. And I think I just wanted to point out that I think a lot of people when- when the LNs and all that started coming in, people were like, oh, now you're just going to make these games really tough because, you know, the competitive players are going to be the only ones that play it. And that's not true. I think because you've played so much pinball, you know what works and what doesn't. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. You know what's fun. And then you also know from just watching people play pinball, especially if you play with people, uh, you know, the various skill levels of everybody and you want to try to cater to as broad a group as you can while still having things underneath to shoot for, of course. I like that Stern does this. I can't even think of the last game where you weren't granted a somewhat easy multi-ball. Maybe it's simply three shots. Maybe it's two shots, whatever it is. It's not a lot of work. And I can only imagine the thrill when a novice gets a multi-ball. Like that's a big, big moment in pinball. And it's smart that Stern does this. It's smart that other companies do this. It's not huge, huge points by any means, but it's just that satisfaction of playing something unique in pinball. And I think that's important. I'm glad you guys are doing that. 
Yeah, and I think uh, tournament players love it too, right? Where, how do, if you don't know a game and you're playing it in competition, you can ask just one question. Where's the multiball, right? <laughs> Makes it nice and simple to start and then kind of go from there. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy is a game where you can actually select Quill and have a two-ball multiball right away, which isn't big points. You're not going to complete the mode unless you're super. And the reason a lot of players do that in competition is to kind of feel out the shots. Oh, definitely. You can't, you can't make progress on Groot or Orb, but you're you're feeling, okay, well, there's where the ramp is. There's the kick out of, of the scoop with the safety net of multiball. I think that's why a lot of players um, play Attack from Mars, even... Even though total annihilation is, you know, the bigger point strategy, and it's it's only twelve shots, so it's only six more than regular multiball. You'll see people always start with regular multiball just because it's the same shot, so they can dial in on that one shot, and then once they get that down, and it's only four shots, then they can use that and get all the jackpots and super jackpots, and then they come out of multiball. And now they're like, all right, now I'm ready to start going after the uh, the billion hurry up because I know where the shots are. So this is not me trying to be a smartass, but Playing Led Zeppelin the few times that I have, I haven't really played it all that much. What's what's the the chump multi ball for that? The, the easy multi ball. Shoot the left ramp three times. That's it. Zeppelin multi ball. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, in competition, you'll usually have to hit the rock targets on the right to qualify it. But uh, that was yeah, that was something we we were going for that game when it first came out. I think you had to spell rock to light the locks, and you had to hit the right ramp to light your tour on the left. And we were like, well, people are lucky enough to even get the ball up that left ramp or in that eject, right? Um, those are kind of tricky shots, so let's just start them lit. And tournament directors can do what they want, you know, if they want to make it harder. And uh, I think that's a good thing to do. So that way the casual can flip around, start a tour. You know, they might not complete the tour, but they get that cool, like, select your thing, shoot some ramps, and you can stack it with the regular multiball so there's enough there just right off the bat. Plus, there's another exciting element for players, too. If you've got the premium or LE, there's the electric magic that comes up pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, so you just, that, I think you just have to hit the drop targets and the side targets once, and there you go. And now you got your spinner, which so then leads to a multiball. That's something cool. Flu Fighters, which is the latest game you worked on, you know, pretty easy to get that Overlord. A few shots in there, and, and there's your multiball. So, again, that was something... The- we, uh, we went back and forth with Tanya, Jack, and I. We wanted to make sure that it wasn't too hard because we wanted to make sure, you know, at least uh, people could experience that capture where it does the cool light effect. You know, if you have a shaker motor, it's shaking. If you have a magnet on the premium, it kind of throws the ball around. And so we wanted to make sure that was very accessible. So that's why the first one, you don't even have to hit the targets. You can just, you know, spot, just hit him a bunch. So those are the kind of, you know, day-to-day things you kind of discuss with people and try to come up with a happy medium. So as I said, you've played a lot of pinball. We know you've played a lot of pinball. And, you know, some people say that you're very good at it. Um, I don't know who these people Former are. number one player in the world. Some, some people say this. My question to you is, having played so much pinball, what is your favorite? I guess we can probably go EM if you want to, but I'm going to ask the, what's your favorite EM, solid state, DMD and modern game? When I say modern, I'm going to say LCD screen on and beyond. Raymond, don't screw up the DMD. I, I hope I know your answer, brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, you probably do, yeah. It's the one I usually give. Um, but I, I'm so bad at picking favorites. You know, it's usually whatever game I'm winning at, right? Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. EMs, though. Life on the line. What EM do you I mean, I got to say, I got to say it's the one I grew up with. The one that started me on pinball is... Pioneer slash uh, Spirit of 76 is the four-player version. 
a lot of people might not like that game, but it has sentimental value to me. And I like uh, some of the setups it has where you can actually get like a double, double bonus collect and you can chain extra balls forever. And just a fun, simple, simple EM and uh, have a soft spot for it. Let's see. The next era would be what? Early solid state. Yeah. It's uh, I would say, yeah, solid state before you get to the ramp era. Okay. So uh, yeah, not like uh, whirlwind or Funhouse, but before that, before that, I don't know. I mean, this might sound kind of bad, but they all—they're all kind of all kind of the same to me. I—I I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't really. That's interesting. Why do you think that is? And and I I, I you know my my instant reaction is how very dare you? Because I know, I know. It was just my gut reaction. It's not very dare you at all because I'm curious to know, is that because you didn't grow up with them? I mean, spoiler alert, you're I think it's you're just because I've literally only played them like in tournaments. Uh, at least that's where I started playing them, right? Is I just learn where the inline drops are, where the multipliers are, and where the points are. So I didn't, I didn't really approach those from any other angle. I mean, now, of course, I appreciate them and I love finding finding solid states maybe I haven't put so much time on and and I get the love for Stargazer now that game is there's so many drops so many spinners like that game is great I probably you know it add that to my one of my favorites but uh, I mean that's like a very boring answer everyone loves Stargazer so Raymond and I were in the UK this past weekend and when the tournament started all I heard was Raymond behind me look there's Teolus on Stargazer <laughs> yep <laughs> okay so then let's go to alphanumeric uh, probably Funhouse. That was one of my first games. Funhouse or Mousing Around were one of the earlier uh, of that era games that I played growing up. And Funhouse was kind of one of the first ones where I f- realized I was good at pinball because I was able to like catch and stage. Well, not, maybe not stage yet, but try for a, a jackpot with an upper flipper and and get the rewards and you know show people, hey, look. I'm putting him to sleep. There's a storyline here. And they were like blown away. They're like, there's a storyline? Like what? <laughs> so definitely Funhouse, I think. Okay. And then Mousing Around, I just had a special spot for that because I grew up playing it in a pizza parlor, one of those games. And I also found out on those System 11s, the replay never went up, unlike the DMDs. So when I found those, I was always super happy because I could play them forever because I just keep getting free games. But yeah, Mouse and Around is just a really fun game. I love the sounds in that game. DMD? Uh, that would be, well, I guess just any DMD. Yeah, I'm going to do pre, pre-LCD DMD. So it's it's your Bally Williams and it's also your early, early-ish Stearns. Don't fuck it up, Raymond. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> I always give the same answer and I, I, I still do think it's my favorite game and it is Simpsons Pinball Party. Woo! It's just, it's funny that I don't own one because I've owned that, owned it like three times. And every time I just play it to death. I like, I don't get sick of it. I kind of do a little bit, but I kind of like, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm fulfilled now. And then I end up selling it. Cause I'm like, I've, I've got the wizard mode. I did the thing, but it's just such a fun game. Like when you're having and everything's coming together. Okay. I'm not going to try and be a, you know, change my mind, you know, that kind of thing. But I've said many times that I do not like Simpsons Pimple Party and I'm not, it's not my, my head in the sand going, I'm never going to like it. I'm, I'm curious to know what strategy I could take to playing it next time I go up to it to enjoy the game. What do you think I could do differently that would actually make me enjoy it? I think if you would love the challenge of trying to beat all the TV modes in one go. That is one of my favorite things about it because 
You can reset your timer by shooting auto, you know, start double scoring, resets your timer, and then you can also just light another TV mode and start another TV mode. And as you're starting TV modes, the other ones are all still running, so you kind of have to shoot around the play field, try to complete them all, you know, try to bring in a multi-ball when you're feeling like, oh, I need help, you know, I don't want to drain because I've got all this stack going, now I need some safety. Uh, then going back to the multi-ball, keeping your timer going. Uh, if you can get all seven modes beaten without draining and without the timer running out, then every shot is two and a half million or five million if it's if it's doubled. And you can, you know, double with uh, the auto. And then if you can, that's my goal, I guess I would say for you, is uh, try to play all the TV modes. The other thing I would say is try to get the uh, the mystery spot mode. You know, just get to that reverse flipper auto mode because it's, it's a blast. Oh, and then try to stack that with other multiballs. Okay. Then you're getting just the points explosion. It sounds like superhuman stuff, just quietly. Well, it's fun. You asked, I answered. <laughs> I know, but is that, is, is that... Is that achievable? Yes. Okay. No, I, I want to. I genuinely want. There's uh, there's very few pinball machines that I've completely written off Thunderbirds. But I, even though I say I don't like Simpsons Pinball Party, I want to like it. So there's actually, yeah, a, a desire in me to to understand it. Yeah, I mean, there's no shame in just finding one and playing it a bunch, or even setting some of the difficulties easier, or just finding. You know, f- dialing in on the shots and ma- make sure it's a good copy where you can hit the side ramp. Mm, yeah. Make sure the upper flipper can hit the couch, you know, that sort of thing. That that really matters. Make sure the out lanes aren't like all the way open. It helps if your slingshots aren't super sensitive. And then you can kind of, you know, settle in for a while and kind of dial them in and, and play it for a while. Awesome. Uh, and then favorite LCD game? Ooh, um, the answer I usually give for this is Batman 66. Okay. Because I like the crazy point explosions at when you get like the multi multipliers and then you get to wizard mode and now you're, you know, doing this, doing that, getting lots of big points, just huge numbers showing up on the screen. But uh, I don't know. I uh, The one thing Batman is missing, I think, is a, like a super wizard mode. Like it doesn't feel like there's any anything tying everything. It's literally all the points. So like when I want my points fix, I love Batman 66. But I'm trying to think. I think like maybe an uh, Iron Maiden is a game I, I I really like. That's definitely always up there in my LCD list. I just love because that has the point explosion with the modes and the two minutes to midnight and soul shards and that thing. But it also has the run to the hills, which I feel is like such a fun challenge because it matters. You know, beating all the modes, getting super jackpots. That's like my favorite rule style in pinball is. You have to do well in all the things to get to the big thing at the end. Love it. What were you looking for there, Marty? What I was looking there for was as a competitive pinball player and as a now rules designer or and, and coder, whether there has been some change in your thought process over that time? Uh, not too much. I mean, no, I pretty much still like the games I like and – I mean, I like most games anyway. And if I'm playing in a tournament, you got to like it, right? So. <laughs> Speaking of tournaments. Oh. There was this big tournament in Croydon, just south of London. The UK Open, Neil McRae did such a wonderful job. Pinball Republic. Ray Day was there. There were actually a lot of North Americans there. Very few the year before, but they saw on stream on backend pinball how wonderful this tournament was. And uh, yours 
truly was there. Ray was there. Ray came home with a lot of hardware and a mm. lot of English pounds. He won the UK Open. He was the big winner. I saw. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations, man. I was looking it up because... Jeff had sent me a note saying that he did very well in like round one of Classics 2. So I decided to log into Never Drains to deep dive and saw that he won Classics 2. He doesn't want to mention it. And and then I- Not at all. He doesn't want to mention it at all. <laughs> Are you saying, <laughs> saying Jeff led some breadcrumbs and, and at the yeah. end you saw uh, that he had the most points after the final round yeah. in uh, Classics 2? <laughs> I did. I saw that he had won Classics 2. But also what I saw even more importantly was in Maine, he came 36th. Yeah, that was at 8 in the morning after winning Classics 2 and going to bed around 2.30. Pretty bagged, you know. Yes, you I mean, still full of some of those McDonald's uh, nuggets or tenders from the <laughs> from 2 a.m.? Ray, Ray, that's right. I took you and Phil Birnbaum out because Ray was in the finals with me along with uh, some chump named Keith Elwin. Um, I did see that. and Because uh, this is the whole thing, right? Just so it's like... I saw that you had won. I'm like, okay, but clearly you must have had a, a pretty low play field around you. And I saw the big hitters and I kind of went, oh, you actually did really well. And unfortunately I did say that offline and now I'm saying it online that I was very pleased. I'm not going to say anything about it. Ray, uh, what do you remember from Classics 2? Uh, I remember Jeff destroying Nine Ball the first time he had ever played it. <laughs> and that was basically the victory game, right? Once you won that, I think that was your eight points and you sealed it. It was a walk-off. I had not played one. I haven't played nine ball in five years. I had played it before, but I never played not even one game. And the thing was in the bank two consecutive days, and there were a lot of games. The other game I didn't play was Pinball Champ 82, the Zachariah game. The mm. Escher picks that against me. I put up almost $12 million on the thing with the red special not even working. I'm building it, and I hit it, and it still doesn't give you points, but oh well. Uh, I, I found the ramp, got a few champs. It's funny, like, Ray, has that ever happened to you? It was really weird, like, to, for me to win nine ball and pinball champ twice, the two times it was picked, when I had never played them, does that happen? A lot of times when you don't know the stakes and you don't know where the, like, danger zones are and you're just kind of going with it, you know, anything's possible. You're just, like, just playing it. We played a game of Blackout, which I like the game Warlock, uh, and it's funny, we were playing against Elwin because... For years, I tried to buy his uh, Warlock. He's like, there's no back glass. I'm like, I don't care. I, I love the game. So Blackout is the same playfield. And funny, again, by Williams, but a little bit different. And I knew a couple of things about that. And I had played it in warm-up maybe a few times. And I noticed if the ball is going as fast as possible, you'll never, ever, ever drain out the left side. So I had like 10 power in lanes. And they were all, I wasn't touching the thing because I knew it would hit the top of the, the sling, I guess, if you will, and go straight down. If you made a nudge or it was slow, then you had to do some moving uh, to get it out of the in-lane, out-lane. But I, I just let it go and it looked like, oh my God, all these fucking power in-lanes by design. You won classics because of all the power in-lanes. I'm saying I had 12 of them, and <laughs> but it was by design. Like, I'm not touching anything on the left side. It'll, don't worry. No, that's It'll, actually a really good uh, good read. Uh, a lot of times I've seen people and myself nudge balls out of the out lane when it would have went in. So that's a good good thing to notice. And uh, yeah, I hadn't played that blackout either until that one time that I had to play it with uh, with you and was it with you and Keith or was it the round before? 
we played well you might have played it before but we played it with keith and, and phil birnbaum but uh right hey you know what uh, enough of me for fuck's sake oh, yes i won <laughs> we, we've got a guest on here he won <laughs> he won the uk open he came second in the classics the first day third so he's going the other way but then pulls it all together for the uk open then he did something i want to talk about he was playing indy 500 locked the ball and the ball was was it stuck ray yeah i had just locked a ball and then i was trying to get my second lock but then the ball kind of just stopped on the left in lane on the uh, cliffy that was you know protecting the in lane it just stopped right there and i tried and tried and nudged it could not nudge it finally puts his hand up yep yep and uh as neil is coming over the game does a ball search and it kicks out my locked ball and so now all of a sudden i'm trying my hardest to trap and and i'm i can't that that was the a super squirrely indy 500 the flippers i felt were like lower or something so you couldn't trap as easy I was trying to trap a ball. Eventually, Neil, when he's over here, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let one of these go. And he's like, yep, yeah, uh, just let one go. Uh, hopefully it doesn't uh, mm. end your ball. <laughs> and so I let one go, and the other ball just powers down the right out lane at, like, the same exact time. Marty, Raymond's telling me this because he's all bummed. He's coming over, you know, from beef to booth, they say. Once you once you lose, you, you come to the booth. That's why I'm in there all the time. But the Ray came over and he he just won five thousand pounds to win the thing. But he wanted to win some more with the Pinball Republic Championship. He explained banking that tournament too. He explained exactly what you just heard. Now, Marty, I immediately said to Ray, "Here's what you did wrong." Marty, what did he do wrong? Asked Neil McRae advice. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. <laughs> Leave Shrek alone. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I was calling that the whole weekend. Come on, Neil, just say donkey. Anyway, what Ray did wrong, and even, and Ray's like a million times better than me, but I know if you've got a ball locked and you're letting the ball do a search, guess what's probably going to happen? It's going to kick out your ball. So I if, got Travis Travis muried. I Travis muried myself. Hold the flipper up to prevent it from doing a ball oh, search. Of course. So, okay, if you've got a ball stuck, hold a flipper up. Yeah. Yeah. So, doesn't do weird things and that's now i will say in the guide rules it does say the tournament director can force you to do a ball search but any good tournament director would realize in a game with physical locks that that will make a situation worse so you're better off holding up the flipper until they come over and then if they request you know then yeah let go and let it try to kick a you know free the ball naturally but you just brought up another good point in a game with physical locks. So if you're running a tournament and you have an option of virtual locks, always choose virtual locks. Mm. It may be a little weird, even on something like Foo Fighters. Why isn't it going in the Overlord? Physical locks create problems. Like if you're ever playing Deadpool, I think Deadpool originally was set up physical locks, but of course you're playing that in a tournament and you're you're playing single player. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm changing that right away. Katana lock. I'll have to uh, rebut the uh, the Foo Fighters. I think the game plays a lot better with the the captured ball, and it's not in there very long. Like you hit it two or three times, and then it's gone. So, I I would recommend not setting that one to virtual locks. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think the benefits outweigh the uh, negatives on that one. 
Okay, right into final round of pinball. Uh, final round pinball at gmail.com. If you have ever had a virtual lock problem versus a physical lock problem, I'm not saying that is an issue. It hasn't been, but it's more of a, it's a safety. It's, it's a removing safety. part of the game though. It's removing the captive ball from the game. So that's a little different, I think. We did it at the Beast and it drove you nuts. <laughs> right, on Rush, if you made it so you have free will and on the premium, didn't capture the ball, kind of why, right? Kind of removes that. Yeah, but come on. No one in tournaments is playing for fun. Good point. I'm, I'm sort of being a bit facetious, but I'm also saying, even though it's really cool, in a tournament, you don't need all the coolness, do you? Well, but you want it to play how you normally play the game. You know, it, it's it just, you know, especially with Foo Fighters, where after you lock a ball, you can get another skill shot or it feeds the plunger. So you might not want to lock it at certain times or you might want to, you know, if the captive ball's there, it might be more dangerous than when it's not there. You know, it just changes the game. Do you turn that off with avatar? No, I've never, I don't even think you could. And if you could, would you? Well, it's the same. It's the same thing. Like if they're turning right. it off it in is Foo identical. Fighters, why would you? Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's exactly that. I sort of come up to that because I think I've, I've sort of made comment before and I'm not mentioning the person's name, Ryan C., but sometimes you can make games too tough that you lose the fun factor. And, and the argument is, well, it's a tournament. It's meant to be the best of the best. And my argument is, yeah, but you've got to have some fun along the way as well, don't you? I think so. I mean, if you can, yeah, I, I would rather have a game, you know, take a couple minutes longer, but have it be, you know, way more like I felt like I had a chance that game. It sucks when you feel like you just didn't even have a chance at all or like you know the feather tilt situation in some games or you know there's definitely ways to go too far where technically you're making it harder and you're making it so that you have to be better but you're just making you're going too far and now all of a sudden you're just mad all the time and it's (laughs) i know i know i I, look sometimes i don't mind when they take rubbers off outline posts and all that kind of stuff. I think that's sometimes it's a bit fun and it's a bit comical, but when everything is set up to destroy you. That's the real thing. I think just don't do everything. Like pick a cup, you know, choose two out of three, right? Software, tilts, hardware or whatever, you know? Absolutely agreed. Tight slings is always the first choice, I think. Yeah, yeah. That will, that's kind of like a hidden factor. People don't even realize how they're getting kicked in the nuts <laughs> Speaking of a hidden factor, Ray Day revealed something on stream on backhand pinball. What? At the UK Open. Yeah, he did. Because I went in and changed. Listen, we were running late. The thing started at six because of a tiebreaker. I said to Neil, this thing's going to two if you're lucky. And we were supposed to be out of there at midnight. And I said, let me take off all the rubbers, reduce all ball saves. Some ball saves like have zero. Like Godzilla, you couldn't even earn a ball save. Anyway, so on multi-balls, I didn't want zero. And on the new game, especially Stern, you can't make them zero, but I wanted to reduce them. So I reduced the ball saves on multi-balls to eight seconds. Ray's in the booth with me and says, yeah, that might be fake. That might be something that Josh and Zach Sharp will always drop it down to eight seconds for their tournaments, but count it out. And I did. I took a timer. Even though I set it to eight seconds, it was still 15 seconds the default. (laughs) No way. Yeah, it's fucking, it's trickery. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> In your face, shops. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ray, my last question to you. We 
we hear it a lot from people that don't play in tournaments, but play a lot of pinball. Maybe they're at home. Maybe they're, you know, in a home league or something like that, or they're just casual. They go to arcades, whatever it is. You hear it from people too. And especially when they watch a stream and they see us not put up great scores, not realizing how tough the games are. But what do you say to people that say things like, oh, I could beat that score, or he doesn't look that good, or I don't have time to play in tournaments because I'm too busy making games at Haggis. What do you say to people like that? <laughs> <Golf>. <laughs> um, I would say you should go to a tournament and find out for yourself, you know, uh, report back to me. I'm sure you can find time in your busy schedule to go to one tournament in a year. Just like find one and uh, try it out. And then, you know, who knows? You might even like it, but you'll definitely will be shocked if you're thinking it's going to be all rainbows and, uh, you know, like, oh, I, I get that score every time I play it. You know, it's like, well, a little mm-hmm. harder. It is different. Um, what would you say to somebody that came up to you at a tournament? Maybe they're from Australia and they said, hi, how are you going? What would you say to them? Back off, fucko. <laughs> I would be, I would say, hello, hey, how's it going? Then I'd sit and chat with them. Is that a didgeridoo in your pants or you're just uh, happy to see me? <laughs> I'd, uh, you know, I'd probably ask some question along the lines of, uh, so is it true in Australia, the, the toilets go the other way or, you know, something stupid like that. That's but you know it's true, right? That actually does happen. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> It's true. Um, you've never been to Australia. No, it's um, I, I'm working my way there. You know, I, I flew to London. I flew to Frankfurt. You know, the, those are some long distances. Got to got to train for that. It is obviously different. It's a longer flight. It's a more expensive flight. So it is. A, it's a bigger proposition. And you lose like two days in time zone. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I think either the way over here. I think on the way over here, you go forward two days, but then. So when when I go to LA, if I leave here at ten o'clock in the morning, I arrive at ten o'clock in the morning. It's really bizarre how that actually. Yeah, works. but for us to go east to west, you lose a day and you lose part of your soul when you go to Australia. So <laughs> correct. Uh, you mean You've you mean west here. to east, or well, wait, I don't know. I, the directions get mixed up when you're going that far because you can always just go the other way. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you go. You actually go over the the timeline. So yeah. Anyway. The statement was, you've not been to Australia. And I wasn't sure whether that was true, but I think it was. A, come to Australia. Because Australia is cool. You've obviously got Brisbane Masters, which is a, a fantastic tournament and worth good whoppers. But also- Slow down, Dr. John. Make your, way, right, was- make your way down to Melbourne. I'll look after you, show you the sites, and we can compare. I hear uh, Escher yeah. might be going down there. Permanently? Uh, I'm not talk. sure. Mm, his, not mom's sure. From, his mom's from- Tasmania, I think. I think she has citizenship. Yeah. Yeah, I know that he's maybe his aunt does is Australian. Hey, it's very easy for him to to come over. He's got relatives here, is what I know. Do you guys have like can I just literally book a flight and show up or do I have to do any visa or any advance things or anything? Because I hate anything that's inconvenient. Okay. Well, there were nine shots I had to take. <laughs> Oh no! Koala rabies was the one. <laughs> Monkeypox. No. So what we what we what I know is that we've got what's called I think it's called ETSA, which is a visa waiver program. So you go online, you pay twenty dollars, and you get a visa that lasts maybe two years, and that's it. So it's just an online thing that I think you need to do. There's there's an agreement between Australia and the US. 
It's very easy to do. When I came from Indonesia to Australia, I had to do it. And, but you did it right at the airport. It's easy, easy peasy. I've only flown to um, you know, Europe, and it seems like you just get off the plane and they stamp your passport and then you're on your way. I just think that your what I perceive as your easygoing nature, unless Australians sort of say hello to you at a tournament, but besides that, your easygoing nature will, and I would say kind of chill vibe that you've got, would work so well in Australia. I just think that you'd Oh, well, thank you, Marty. Yeah. Well, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. I need to, I just need to buckle down and, and make a plan. It's just, uh, you know, you got to plan those things. No, I know. It's a, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's actually an officially an undertaking. It's not just like a, a whim. It's an undertaking no. to come to Australia. I yeah. get it. I get it. Really nice words from Marty and just words, Raymond. He wants you dead. <laughs> Fucking don't do it. Stay in America. <laughs> Have you seen all the spiders and shit that they have there in Australia? He's going to show you all of them, all right? <laughs> and then he's going to be able to save me. No. I better hope there's not someone else also in a similar fate at the same time. This is the whole you're thing. It's not dice. about you. It's not you personally. It's just who you're up against. That's all <laughs> it is, you know. So. I understand. <laughs> is that segment still a thing or did you guys... <laughs> it's apparently it's still a thing. I hate it. He thinks that I secretly love it. I hate it, but people keep writing and saying how much it. they love it. It's, it's really annoying. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Raymond. I can't thank you enough. It's good to see you. Congrats again on the UK yeah, well Open. Uh, taking all those pounds. Holy shit! You did uh, seven thousand. What'd you get? Uh, I think it was sixty-four hundred total with the uh, classics and main combined pounds. Yep. And that was, uh, was like 7,800 American. Like they actually, uh, the exchange rate was in our favor for once. So that was sweet. Yeah. I got 2,300 Canadian for my win. I was pretty happy. Oh yeah. yeah. For you, it, it'd be even more, right? Oh yeah. That's a lot of poutine. <laughs> awesome. Wait a second. Wait a well, second. thanks Wait for having me, guys. Here we go. 12,270 Australian dollars. Wow. Uh, but... Raymond, I've seen the way the Australians play pinball. Like, fuck, I've never lost a tournament there. I went there undefeated. <laughs> fuck off. Fuck off. Like, You're a cunt. You know it. Escher's gone there. He's won a few. Bowden's won a few. They haven't won them all. This fucking guy has cleaned house in Australia. I am the king of Australia. No one will ever take that crown away from me. So I'll come to Australia with you, Ray. We can go together. And you watch them roll out the fucking red carpet for me. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, will you I, play in the, the tournament? I'll, I will do the um, honorary first plunge to kick off the tournament, kind of like the the first swing at the Masters. But I <laughs> like, but but there's no need. I have nothing left to prove. Okay. I see. I see. Undefeated. What you're forgetting to mention here in all of this, you fucking sucked out of a penis fucking mug. Okay, we got photos to prove it. You literally it's on my mantle on a cock mug. So you know what? Whatever. <laughs> It's, that's a factual it was statement. A gift frame, right, I'm going to step out now, I think. <laughs> it's true. We've got photos. Okay, I know what the image of the next the image is going to be. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it was, it was my 50th birthday, Ray. They said you have to do shots of fireball in this mug. And if you look carefully at the mug, it was a wiener. Whatever. <laughs> if that's their custom, fine. Jeff does love fireball, and he does love Rainer. drinking fireball. So. <laughs> Yep, twist my arm. Anyway, Ray Day, we'll catch you on the Ray and Ray podcast. Thanks for everything you do, buddy. So good to speak to you, man. All righty. See ya. Marty, it's been a while since I've said this. 
What have we learned other than he lost in the Classics 2 finals along with Keith and Phil to yours truly? What did we learn? What we've learned is that working for pinball companies is freaking awesome. And if you don't, well, you're missing out. What if you have a really, really good job that you've been doing for 30 years and you're at the you know highest part of the food chain? If you were like a comedian? No, no, no. That's a, that's a gimmicky <laughs> job. That's just shits and giggles. I'm talking a real paying job. You know, supporting your family, things like that. Yeah, funny. What if you could work for pinball and support your family? Anyway, doesn't matter. What did we learn? We learned that we really like Raymond Davidson. And even though I have killed him, okay, I'm not proud of it. Really? Well, it's not that I'm unproud of it. What am I? I'm. It, it just happened. Like, it's like, it was like that comment to, to Colin Calpine. He said that I'm dead to him. It's like, yeah, I still have no remorse. It's what happened, you know? So... You don't feel bad? No, no. God, no. I mean, you just had a great conversation with him. You invited him to come yeah. to your country. Did he die? No, he's actually alive. So that's what Emotionally, I understand about this. pretty smart. he's dead. As I said, there's just, I don't know, there's people that you meet, and I've said this to you, that you are an Australian at heart. You just are. You just, you get Australia and Australia gets you. There's just some compatibility there. So not everybody that I meet overseas when, when I go to America, a lot of them I go, you're American and that's who you are and that's your identity, that's great. Whenever I've met Raymond, I've gone, oh, he'd really enjoy Australia and Australia would enjoy him. He would just get it. That's, that's what I think. Well, I think uh, if you are going to Australia, there's a couple things you need to remember. One, make sure when you use any words, two syllables maximum. That oh, is gotcha. very, very important. All right? Yep. And... Uh, Honestly, don't think you have to shower. Like, really just... No, that's true. Just be free. Just... Yep. Let it all hang out. <laughs> that's it. You'll fit right in. Honest yeah, to God. Correct. Especially in Queensland. And I've never been there, but I hear that's just yeah. like... He, he, can we just, just as a sidebar, can we just say, one of the things that you got to understand about Australia is we get portrayed as being a backward... Organize, organization, backward country that's just. You don't even know what you're in. I'm so fucking drunk. So, but just that we're backward and that we, you know, we actually have a quite a large population. We actually have high rise buildings. We actually have a thriving economy. We actually have very intelligent people. That is the minority, I will say, <laughs> particularly what we're going through at the moment politically, which is just. Ridiculous, but we don't we don't get into politics at the moment, you know, on this podcast. But it just sometimes I look at Australia and I go, I'm so glad that we're removed from the rest of the world because that means we don't get caught up in in the the politics and the just the fucking bullshit that goes on. And then sometimes I think to myself, fuck, I wish we were involved in the rest of the world because then we wouldn't have such fucking stupid fucking cunts making stupid fucking decisions. There you go. Well, I've said it. Here's your chance to be part of the world because we're going to play Who Does Marty Save? Today, it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. All right, we're going to go through it right now. You can save one. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Although I've just fired up, the, you know. Hilarious. I hope we don't have any. Oh, fuck. Who knows? Who knows? You never know who listens, right? So well, No, I do. Here, here's, something, here's something I do not do in public. I don't. I don't talk politics. I don't <laughs> talk religion. That's it. And I respect other people's opinions, even if they're different than mine. That's fine. But it's just not a conversation I want to have. 
I'm also not one of those people that, oh, fuck, you like such and such? We can't be friends. That's fucking bullshit. I mean, I don't even know what you... I I have no idea your religious beliefs. I have no idea your political beliefs. I don't fucking care. I like Marty for who he is. I think there are some, some extremes, you know, and I think there's some... If you were to push it on me, then that's a decision I might have to make. But you don't, and I don't, and... It doesn't have to be that divided. I, I think the last time you and I casually mentioned something political about the US, we got a very stern email sent to us saying, I don't think you should talk about politics stuff. And we're like, okay, well, let's not do that again. So we don't. Anyway. Fuck, we got in shit for talking about COVID, for God's sakes. Thanks, <laughs> Ian. <laughs> Where was my, how's Ian? Ian, if you are still listening to this podcast, which I doubt you are considering how many times we've mentioned you and COVID. But if you are still listening to us, can you please send us an email and say hello because we miss you. There you go. I'm we saying it. We actually do. Yeah, we yeah. actually do. It's quite, quite a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. On a serious note. Sure. Jesse J. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Pin. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Are okay. on a deserted island. Oh, we are doing this. We are fucking doing it. It's not even a boat. It's a canoe. It's sinking. There's a tsunami coming. You can help one of them get off the island and live. Jesse J., who you recently snubbed at PinFest? (laughs) Uh, I had to remind you that she was there. I found some photo evidence. Yep. And Mrs. Pin, who, between her and Dr. Pin, sending you gin, that might be the fucking factor alone right there. Yep. Um, I mean, they're both absolutely wonderful women, but in your sick, twisted way, Marty, if you had to pick one, and the other has to perish. Who would that be, Marty? Okay. So the premise is we're on a boat and I have to push one of them off. Is that, what, is that what's happening? Island, tsunami's coming. You got one boat, one seat. That's it. It's, okay. You know what? It's not like fucking Titanic yep. where Jack could have fit on that fucking door. Yep. Rose, move over and let Jack on there. He would have lived. Anyway. Sure. Okay. You think this is difficult? This is actually really easy. This is the Whoa. Easiest. You're hurting somebody by saying that. Yep. No, 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 no. This is really easy. And I'll explain why. I would absolutely categorically save Jesse J. Holy fuck. Yep. Why? Easy. Easiest answer. Have you seen what Mrs. Pin can fucking do? She would build a three-story fort in the matter of two <laughs> hours with reinforced walls all around her. She would survive a tsunami for a year. She, okay, <laughs> segue, because you know this, I'm watching a show called Alone. And I'm, mm-hmm. oh my God, I mentioned this to Jeff during the week because these are these 10 people they send to this island, which is Vancouver Island in Canada, one of very few th- good things about Canada. And they're left to survive. And they have a camera that they film themselves and they have to fend for themselves. So I'm right in this whole survivalist mode. The thing that's the hardest thing to manage with this show is the people that I love, the, my favourites, they just tap out and I get really just disappointed that these people that I've invested my mental energy and, and emotional energy into just don't respect me and just tap out and leave the island. Like I, I just, even that happened four years ago. Anyway, so I imagine if that was Mrs. Like are you Pin, yelling at the TV saying, come on, fucking take yes. a swing at that bear coming at you? Yes, I actually... Yeah, like I literally just watched an episode where this woman, her name was Tracy, season two, watch it, she was awesome. 
And she was doing really well, bang, bang, bang. And all of a sudden in the middle of the night, there's a bear and a bear cub that she has to shoo away. And the next morning she's rattled. She's like, I'm fucking them out. I'm like, oh no, those fucking bears. What I'm saying is if that was Mrs. Pin, Mrs. Pin was dropped on Vancouver Island with 10 items that they're allowed to take. She would set up a fucking five-star hotel in a matter of six months. You know what I mean? Man. So you this know is what? easy. I hope you're okay with your answer because I know you like the end result, somebody perishing, but you've you've helped Jesse J with the knowledge that Mrs. Pin will be not only fine, she'll but fine. an entrepreneur that she'll be <laughs> she'll franchising hotels. <laughs> she will literally have a, a, a pin hotel. She will literally wow. have a chain of hotels on Vancouver Island. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, we we didn't get the death our listeners <laughs> so often welcome, but uh, we we tried. Well, that's what you're saying. Normally, you think if I save somebody, the other person perishes. Mrs. Pin cannot die. She is immortal. Is what I'm telling you. So, conversely, are you saying that Jesse J is pathetic and can't fend for herself? Is is that part of it too? No. Nope. What I'm saying is Jesse J. Jesse J is just awesome <laughs> and yeah. i love her and yeah. i was so good catching up with her and i mentioned her constantly last episode well when you were reminded that she was there <laughs> anyway let's move on um i was thinking about this the other day i was thinking about licenses we're about to see a new jersey jack game coming out yes, of Expo, they say. Yep. it got me thinking okay that's out and i guess we're going to be seeing elements too from the punny factory people from pinball adventures there's the mystery game that's coming out we don't know what that is labyrinth yep which is, I personally think, is a phenomenal license if you can get Labyrinth. Okay, I love David Bowie. I love Jennifer Connelly even more. Um, if I recall watching that movie when I was a kid, it's amazing. Isn't he kind of creepy and stalking a woman that's yeah, underage? And yep, correct. Okay, okay. Yep. I guess. Yep. Hey, guess what? Cancel culture is over. That's yeah, it. but he also has some funny jingly tunes and some little puppets as well. So that makes it all right. <laughs> wow. So, okay. Anyway, whatever. Hmm? It got me thinking. As you think of all these different pinball companies, I'm not asking you to tell me what their best game is. Hmm? Forget what the end product was. You could ask me if you wanted to. No, this is a different thing because that's been done many times. But okay. this has not been done on a pinball podcast. Okay. It's a first. Soon to be ripped off by everyone else. Here we go. I want you to name each company's best theme in the sense that you've been given this license. Whatever the end product was, forget about it. Like if you were given this license, you've hit the jackpot. All right. So with Multimorphic, the only license they've been given is Weird Al. That's an amazing license. Yep. Yep. Right. Even with Haggis, you, you've got... Kelts is the best license, obviously. Kelts is the best. It's, it's a fantastic well, license. I guess you'd have to choose between Fathom and, and Centaur, wouldn't you? And Celts. And Celts, I guess. Whatever. American has not had a license game, but... That's not true. They've had... That's not true? No. Go on. Hot Wheels. I'm an idiot. You're right. <laughs> Fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I want that. I, I want that I'm an idiot repeated. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. My little pecker. My little pecker. <laughs> Hot Wheels is certainly a good... Li- well, okay. It's not a license because whatever the, uh, what is it called when the IP runs out? or not, What's it called? Uh, the trademark, whatever the. Yeah, I know what you mean. Public domain. 
public domain. Thank you. Fuck. It's by the way, it's three thirty in the morning here. <laughs> I'm not shitting. What the hell? It's anyway, past oh, six o'clock here. Shit, dinner time. Oh, oh, wow. Mm. Anyway, they keep going. Whatever. Hot Wheels. Yeah, that's that's certainly a recognizable one. I, okay, I'll give you that. But I was thinking, forgetting Hot Wheels. I was thinking when you found out they had Houdini. Forget the shitty callouts that they have in it. But were you like, fuck, that's a, everyone knows Houdini. Yeah, I did. I thought that was a great license. Yeah. I did too. So we've got that. Who else do we have? Spooky. Now, Spooky's had a few, right? Looking at the licenses that they've had, what do you think on paper was the best license? Forget what the game was like. What was the best license? For me, is this isn't what I think globally is the best license or me personally, what I like the most? The one to me that, Again, they get the license. You're dying to see this game. Like, holy fuck, they got that? This mm-hmm. is going to be great. Yep. What is it for you? Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it was Halloween for me, but Scooby-Doo was a close second. Yeah, I've never seen Halloween, so I wouldn't know. Of course you haven't seen it. Yeah. Have you even seen The Exorcist? Oh, my God. I, we, I think we've talked about this. I saw The Exorcist when I was way too young, and I think it's why I don't like horror movies. I saw it when I was like maybe nine years old. Like, I have a daughter who's 15. She might be 16. And- Is she named Reagan? (laughs) I wouldn't want her to watch The Exorcist at 16. I was nine. I've got a daughter who's nine. She might be 10. I'm not really good at birthdays. Shut up. Anyway. It's considered one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And we get in shit sometimes. A few odd emails like, hey, you got some sassy language there. This is a classic movie. Your cunting daughter. Your mother sucks cocks in hell is one of the famous lines in that movie. And we getting shit for dropping the odd C-bomb? Correct. Come on. Yeah. I was nine when I watched that movie. And it. I I remember just for a week not being able to sleep. I was that disturbed. It still scares the fuck out of me. Yeah, yeah. It really does. There's a new Exorcist movie, I think, out now. I don't know if it's any good. Yeah. uh, Believers, I can't watch it in the theater. I'll be scared to death. Yeah, no, no, no. No. Anyway. I watched a good one the other day. Somebody recommended this to me, and I watched it. It was fucking great. It's called X. Okay. It's a low, low low-budget movie, and I guess it's part of a trilogy. I've seen the first movie. I want to see the other two. X is really amazingly well done. Jenny Ortega is actually the known actress in it, um, but she's got a bit part. It's not Saw X, is it? No, just X. It's called X. Okay. I don't know where I saw it. Amazon? And I was just, so I remember somebody telling me, like, this is kind of the new horror movie thing. And I was like, okay. Like, I wasn't hiding behind a pillow scared. And fucking right, I do that. I'm, I can listen to scary sounds looking at them. No, I don't want to jump scare. No, I'm afraid my heart will just stop, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I've not heard of it, but it might, might be, just off the top of my head, a 2022 American slasher film written, directed, produced, and edited by Ty West. Does that sound right? <laughs> Does it star Mia Goth in dual roles? Um, yeah, yeah. And stars Jenna Ortega, Martin Henderson, Brittany Snow, Owen Campbell. Just again, all of this is just, I'm spitballing off the top of my head. The original Google, Marty Robbins. He is. is uh, okay, you. do you know what? Do you know what I love about this? Okay. Watch the trailer and you'll like, you'll go, fuck, I got to watch that movie. So what's happening at the moment? There's, there's, if you read some articles, uh, Hollywood's fucked at the moment. Is really sure. what, what it is. So what's happening is a lot of these big blockbuster movies with big budgets are losing money. And they they could be great films. They could be shit films. It does not matter. All films at the moment are tanking. And everyone's referring to right. them as flops. And it's not true. It's just that 
we're in a post-COVID world. We're in a world where movies, this is what I think is the single biggest issue with cinemas at the moment is that a movie will come out and 30 days later, you'll be able to buy it and stream it. So why would I go to the movies when I've got a home cinema here? I can wait for it to be able to purchase, you know, on iTunes or whatever it is, Apple TV. There's the big screen experience, right? Oppenheimer certainly had that with the sound and stuff. And if you saw it at IMAX, that was something. Barbie was a monster movie this summer. It was fantastic. So you don't necessarily need to see that in the cinema, but it became an event for a lot of people. But the, the reason why I'm bringing that up, Top Gun Maverick, yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. watch that on your home one. You got to see that in the big screen. Sure. I've not seen the original Top Gear, so whatever. Oh, my Top God. Gear. Top Gun, whatever it is. Top Gear. Um, so, no, what I'm saying is that X, that movie, had a budget of $1 million. Yep. And it made $15 million. So, by all accounts, that's, an, that's a success, 15 to 1. That's really good. There's all these other movies. So, well, Barbie's budget was $145 million. You've got to add marketing on top of that as well. They, they say usually double it. So, you know, that's a $300 movie. Fortunately, it made $1.4 billion, which is not – that's just exactly. off the top of my head, of course. I'm just – Of course, yep. Getting these numbers just – they're always yep. there. Um, anyway, that's what I'm saying. So I'm, <laughs> I would not watch X because I do not like horror movies at all. Okay. I can't convince you to do it. That's fine. We're back to best theme, fucker. You've taken okay. us off a different path. Sure. I thought Halloween was the best for spooky, but I can't disagree with Scooby-Doo. Okay, yep. let's sure. Jersey Jack. Now, the speculation is they're going to get Harry Potter. The answer is Harry Potter, but it hasn't come out yet. No, we've got to count only what's come out. So what's the, when you heard they got this license, you hadn't seen the game. What was the one that went, holy fuck. We will not include dialed in, of course, because that one went, what? What was the best license? I've got one that I thought, wow, they could make this and people will lose their mind. Mm, that is a good question because I don't know whether they have had, for, for me personally, they've had a license where I go, oh my God, that's the best thing. I mean, even though I've still got Wizard of Oz and I'll never lose, I'll never leave. Oh my God. Glug, 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 glug. Talkie, talkie, not working. Oh, my God. And so I will never let that go from my collection, which is what I said about Star Trek and it's gone. Um, I just don't know whether at this stage Jersey Jack has had, for me personally, a oh, my God license. That's, that's all I'm saying. On saying that, I think their licenses are good. Pies of the Caribbean, I like the license. Not a huge fan of the movies. The Hobbit preferred that to Lord of the Rings. Wizard of Oz, obviously, it's timeless. Willy Wonka, etc. Toy Story, great. Whatever. For me, if it's Harry Potter, that's obviously the number one. But for me, I, I don't have a, oh, my God, i got to have it just because of the theme for Jersey Jack. That's just me. It's their games themselves that have made them desirable. Again, we're, we're not seeing the games. We're not seeing the end result. We're seeing, holy shit, we just got this license. Let's let people know we've got it and people will, and many times, buy sight unseen, especially the LEs. So for me, it's tough. It's between two of them. And again, we're not talking about the game. Guns of Roses? Nope. Oh, okay. The license, I thought, holy shit, this is really going to make a dent. The license, not the game. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. It's not guns. It's not pirates. Okay. To me, yeah. the two, and I can't decide, will be Toy Story. 
and The Hobbit, believe it or not. Now, I'm not a fan of The Hobbit, the game, but the license was like, because how many times do people say, fuck, you got to do another Lord of the Rings? Well, Jersey Jack had the next best thing to having Lord of the Rings with a lot better art and uh, assets. And it just, the game kind of maybe fell flat a little bit. I, I know people that just absolutely swear and love it. So it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And um, Toy Story, I know it's Toy Story 4, but people still call it Toy Story. That game is extremely underrated. And it, when it first came out, I thought, oh, this is, it's pretty easy. Maybe not my kind of thing. And the more I've seen it, the more I've talked to people, especially operators who say it earns so much for them. You can make it difficult. I mean, I have no idea, and I'm saying this. I would not even tease this. I have no idea what's coming up at Indisc. But one of those operators is Jim Belsito. And he tells me how great an earner that is. And he said, yeah, you could make it tough. And I thought, oh, fuck. He might be putting it in Indisc if he makes it tough. <laughs> he knows how to make them tough. It's a good shooting game, first of all. There's a lot going on. It just it plays long because uh, some of the things are easy to do in multiballs. But, man, it's, it's a good one. So, to me, best license, not best game, best license. It's between Hobbit and Toy Story. Yeah. If I, yeah, I gun to head, I would say Toy Story for me as a better license. Sure. Can't disagree. Yep. There you go. So Stern. Wow. They've got a lot of the licenses. And, and you can look. First of all, should we go to Bally Williams? I guess Bally Williams had licenses too, didn't they? Yep, they did. Oh, fuck. You're going to say Roller Games. Go ahead. Oh, I wasn't because you, you put me on the spot. We haven't talked about this before. So it's just. It's hard to even remember all these games, but oh my God, Roller Games. Roller Games is just... Played that turd tonight. It's a great game. It's not. It could be with better ROMs. Sudden Death ruins the game. Yeah, look, and this is the whole thing. When Particularly tournament players, when they look at rules, rules, it's really imbalanced. It's terrible. But to, to shoot and to progress through the game, it's fun. It's a tough game, but it's, it's fun. I don't want to shit on your favorite game. I won't. Uh, you can. I mean, I've shed on a lot of things that you like. So it's Simpsons. It's okay. Well, but as I said to, to earlier, we were talking to Raymond. I want to like it. It's not like I rule it out. And it's not like so I have this saying about football. Like I say, it's not that I hate football. I hate people that like football. So <laughs> it's it's not. I'm not in that situation where I'm going. Well, I hate people that like Simpsons football party. It's just I just. I don't get the game. I don't get it, but I want to, is what I'm saying. Okay, so anyway, let's go back on to Stern. Next episode on Final Round, who will Marty save? People who love the Simpsons Pinball Party or people who love AFL? We'll find out next week. (laughs) And yet again, it'll be a double death. (laughs) Okay. So Stern. Yep. Well, before we get Stern, Bally Williams. Can you think, like, to me, what's the best, like, uh, what's the one that's going to go, wow, I got to get that. I mean, Attack from Mars is the game. But that's not really the license that makes you go nuts over that. You know, you go back to the old ones. Uh, is it Evil Knievel? Is it Captain Fantastic? Is hmm? Yeah, that's a, such a hard one. You know, Creature from the Black Lagoon is a good one. Monster Bash. Monster Bash is fantastic. Monster Bash is the one that comes to mind to me because it was the Universal Monsters. They were legendary and a big reason the game is popular. A big reason Chicago Gaming made that as one of their earlier games. That's the one that comes to mind for me in that Bally Williams era. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who, for me, is probably my Ooh, favorite good thing. One. 
You know what I mean? I just think Good that one. is a, a great theme and I also think it's a great integrate theme integration. I think it's it's really good as far as themes go. Yeah, that would be for me. Yeah, I wonder like when they did those old Bally Kiss games, uh, Rolling Stones and things like that, Dolly Parton, was that ever a wow factor for operators back in the day? Mm. I wonder. If you're an operator from back in the day, please email us at finalroundpinball at gmail.com. Yeah, like. Honestly, do. What were the big earners back in the day when we're talking solid states? Mm. Yeah. I wonder what the, I wonder yeah, what Yeah, because there wasn't that many licenses back then. So did they stand out because they were a license? Are you going to put a quarter in Volley or Golden Arrow or Surf Champ? Or are you going to put it in Dolly or Kiss or Captain Fantastic? Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Curious. Don't know the answer. Okay. What else you got? What was the question? Stern. Let's go to the biggie. Stern. Best license they've had. Like, holy fuck, we got this license. <laughs> Forget what the game turned out to be. Okay. What was the best license? Okay. So for me personally, it comes down to two. You hate both of these games. I'm sure. I don't hate any game. Well, fuck. Yeah. Okay. One I'm not like. Can I guess what you're thinking? Yep. Let me just preface by saying I don't hate these games. Okay. I don't understand one of them. You just want them I'm okay dead. with the other one. No, no. I don't understand the one, and I'm, I'm okay with the other one. Okay. I'm sure you're going to say Star Wars and Ghostbusters. Okay. You're incorrect. Really? But, yeah, no, because I'm talking about for me, like where I, for me personally going, oh, my God, oh, wow. Like Star Wars obviously is the best, but I don't care about Star Wars. Hmm. I don't. Star Trek. Like It's not even Star Trek, even though I love Star Trek. These, these are for me, my, my personal. I, I, one of them's Avatar, right? There you go. Said it. You're fucked. No, it's a huge license. It's big. And also, I will say this to you, as I've said many times, Avatar got me back into pinball because I went, oh, my God, I love Avatar. I haven't played pinball for a while, but, hey, I love pinball and I love Avatar. So I, I got back into pinball because of Avatar. Hmm. Time. To me, and I don't know again, operators would really have some good insight on this. I don't think it's Star Wars and Ghostbusters. I would think it would be Star Wars and Batman. And it could be yeah. Dark Knight. It could be Batman 66. Those are, holy shit, unbelievable licenses to get. Those are the ones for me. Yeah, I, I agree. So I would say things like James Bond and Beatles, right? Ooh, you know. fuck. You know what I mean? Like they, but for me personally, I don't care. No, but Beatles out of all bands, that's the one to get more than the Rolling Stones. Yeah, exactly. But more than Zeppelin, more than Rush, more than Maiden, more than Metallica. So that's I'm, the one. ACDC, right? Like in Australia, ACDC is like, oh my God, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at the list of Stern games and I'm trying to get <laughs> the one I'm going to say is, is hilarious. But, again, it's for me personally. I, I look at all these licenses and I go, you know, things like Tron. Tron is an amazing license. It, like, what Tron's they've done an amazing with- game. Is it an amazing license? Correct. Come on. Well, yeah, it is. I loved the nah, movie. Um, Elvira. Oh, my God. It, this is what I'm saying. It's all very subjective because Elvira is important to me, but it doesn't mean that it's globally a good license. Do you kind of get what I mean? Because you've got things like Game of Thrones, amazing license. Um, Stranger Things, amazing license. Walking Dead, amazing license. You know what I mean? But yeah. for me personally, you ready for it? Get yourself ready. Are you ready? Are you ready for the jelly? I don't think you're ready for this it jelly. Can't be, 
Hey, you have no idea how much I love Beyonce. Go on. Austin Powers. <laughs> wow. That's the... Le- we got Austin Powers. It's Stop the presses. fucking awesome. It's obviously the machine's flawed. However, if you look at Austin Powers, it did so many things in that game that they then used in other games. Just letting you know. Sure. It just... For me, license-wise, I just think that is, they nailed it. And I remember when that first came out, I was just, I nearly bought one. But, you know, we're talking 2001. I didn't have the money I have now, so I couldn't afford one back then. But I, oh my God, I so desperately wanted to own an Austin Powers pinball machine. And today, I would love to own an Austin Powers machine. I'm not in the market, but... I'm just saying if anyone happens to listen to this podcast and wants to give me an Austin Powers podcast, I'm going to say yes. Is really- You're so fucking drunk. You said if anyone wants to give me an Austin Powers podcast. Yep. I'm, that's not what I said. You did say that. In the edit, <laughs> Jeff, when you're editing. Nice try. It's staying. It's sticking. Fuck off. Oh, I've literally just had, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, probably about mm, half a bottle of gin. That's just. Since we started, what'd you have before that? No, I didn't. I didn't have any before that. So I've just started when we started when we started recording. So it's been it's been hard and fast. Do you even remember who you killed, basically, or something no. to kill? No, no. It wasn't that long ago. All right, no. Marty, I've got Expo coming up. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because I'm one of the judges for the home brews. I'm pretty excited about that. I know you are because we. Listener, we Jeff and I do obviously talk offline as well, and you do get quite excited about the homebrew section. I, I know that. I also do. When whenever people go to shows, I often ask what homebrews were there. I'm just kind of excited about what people are trying to push down that avenue because, in some ways, you're you're not as restricted because you're not making a commercial machine. Although some people obviously might be wanting to do that, but you you can just do whatever you want. You can cheat a little bit. Yep. It's the creativity. It's sometimes we see a game and we like, we look at a new game. I'm looking at Rush here. When we saw it, we we're like, okay, the top is X-Men. It's very similar to that kind of stuff. And sure. we see samey things. Homebrews, you hardly do. It's no, like, it's innovation. It's all there, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. I mean, the first time I saw Sonic, I was like, holy shit, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yep. And so many other great games. So I'm pretty excited to see what people can do. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, Jack Danger's homebrew that he was creating, yeah. you see a lot of elements of that in Foo Fighters, which is such an innovative game. Yeah, the left post that comes up and Correct. ball save. Yep. But other things too. I know, it's great. Obviously, I never saw Archer in the day, which turned out to be Iron Maiden, but- I played it. I fucking love Iron Maiden. <laughs> I played Archer at the same show where Raymond Davidson kind of snubbed me. I'm just saying. Hmm. Now you're back to hating him again. Yeah, I'm getting a, a bit, bit of bit of yeah clarity now. Ray, yep. if you're listening, the invite to Australia is no, off it's the still table. there, and I'll show you around Melbourne. So come to Australia. I would like to go to bed. Go to bed. Thanks everybody for listening. If you want to contact us, find pinball at gmail.com. Don't we're not going to do it. Emails. Anymore. We'll read them next time. I'm just yeah, really absolutely. tired. Absolutely. Yep. Jeff is tired. Three oh, o'clock in the morning. Whatever. No uh, one cares. I- I, I can't produce over two weekends because it's the <laughs> AFL final and I don't even watch football and I just am working so hard. Uh, yeah. I had to stop playing yeah, pinball and having a real job. Yep. So. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so tough. <laughs> Fuck, it's Fuck so off. Tough. All right. Bye, everyone. See ya.